Father, I pray this morning that you would open our spiritual eyes to see you with greater clarity. Father, that we would see you, that we would see Jesus in the words and the scriptures that we read this morning, that you would open our ears to hear your small, still voice speaking to us this morning, God. You have something to say to each and every one of us, and it's not by accident that everyone is here this morning, because you have something to impart to each and every one of us. So, Lord God, let us hear those things with clarity and open our hearts, God, to receive everything that you have for us this morning. And so we pray all these things with great expectation in Jesus' name. Amen. What a sweet presence of the Lord here this morning. I love it when when the Lord meets us where we are and we just experience his presence. There's nothing greater. So thank you for entering into worship this morning. This time I'd like to release the ambassadors and the warrior youth. You guys are released to go back. Thanks, guys. Well, good morning. It's great to see all of you here. You guys enjoying this cool weather we're having? I hope so. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. Uh, we're going to be going to Luke chapter 12 and 2 Kings chapter 5. And we've been going through this series, Prayer, Purpose, and Passion. And just sort of as a recap, the first three weeks I taught on prayer. And I would encourage you, if you've missed any of these messages, to go back online to lifefellowship.me and you can check those out online. Uh, so the first week I, we looked at the model prayer that Jesus taught, why we need to pray and the power of prayer. The second week, I taught on strategies of the enemy, understanding spiritual warfare. The, the Word says that we are in a battle, that there's a spiritual battle going on around us. And so we looked at uh, some of the weapons that God has given us to combat and defeat the enemy, how prayer shapes and transforms our life. Prayer is one of the greatest tools that we have. How prayer helps us live the abundant life Christ came to give every one of us. Um, this is when we began our 40 days of prayer, and I think we're in day 29. I'm not sure where we are, but these are the things that we're praying for, and I've challenged us to all take at least five minutes every morning and pray. Pray for yourself. Pray for your family. Pray for your life fellowship family. Pray for this country. Pray for the leaders of our country. Uh, pray for Israel. Pray for believers all around the world. Pray for Life Fellowship to grow to 100 families and specifically pray that the men of the, uh, the Life Fellowship family would, would rise up and take their rightful place as men in the home. And then also we're praying that God will provide a building for us that we can purchase. So we've been talking about prayer the first few weeks. The third week I taught on how prayer encourages us, the importance of having a prayer language, and we talked about that. This is one of the most powerful tools that God gives us is a prayer language that where, and I talked about that, where our, our spirit is communing with God. It's life-changing. It's not weird and kooky. It's powerful. And Jude 20 says that it builds us up. We need to be praying. So I encourage you, if you don't have a prayer language, be praying that God will give you one. The fourth week, I move from prayer to purpose and uh, looking at the general purpose for every one of us. I taught on how God desires godly nations and godly homes. And so as we begin to be infused with the things of God, it impacts our home, impacts our community, our neighborhoods, 
and it goes from there. It begins with us. It's important for us to stand up as for Christian values and, and not be bullied, but to stand up for the cause of Christ. And our influence and choices have a much larger impact than what we may realize. So let's not be apathetic. Let's be proactive in our faith as we live it, as we're living a life that draws others to him. Last week, I continued on the topic of purpose, shifting to the general purpose for you and me. It's later than the, in the day than we realize, and we need healing in our lives. We need to understand the great love that God has for us, and we need to see the purpose Satan has for us contrasted with God's great purpose for us. So we talked about that. This morning, I'm going to be drilling down into our specific purpose. How do I find God's purpose for my life? I'm going to give you some tools this morning that I think will help with that. What does that look like for me? What does God's purpose look like for me? It begins with seeking the Lord. So that's my first point this morning, seek God. Let me ask you some questions, and I don't want you to answer, but I want you to think about these things. What do you need? What are the things that come to your mind when, when I ask you that question? What do you need? Let me ask you this. What do you enjoy doing? What, what really excites you? What are you gifted at? What are you talented at? What are the desires of your heart? How many times have we allowed circumstances and situations to dictate how we respond or move forward? Well, you know, I, I've talked to people, and, and I remember one guy I used to work with, and he's like, well, I can't wait till I retire in 20 years. I'm like, <laughs> 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 this is going to be a, a long haul for you, brother. You, you know, I mean, so if we're doing, if we're stuck in a job that we hate, uh, you know, maybe we need to reevaluate. And one of the things that, that I did when uh, I began to get serious about going into vocational ministry, I took some personality tests and and those are okay. I mean, more importantly than that, it's the calling of God on your life. It doesn't matter really what those personality tests say or those kinds of things. But, but those are helpful tools. And what I found that I'd been working in research and development for 20 years, and I'd done very well. I really excelled at that. But that was really not what I was wired for. And so sometimes we have to go to God. I mean, it's important, I think, for us to go to God and say, God, this is my heart. This is my desire. The word says that God gives us the desires of our heart. And I think that's twofold. He places those in there. He places those in our heart. And then he brings them to fulfillment. So God gives us the desires of our heart. God has wired you specifically. Uh, you're, you're, every person in here is different than everyone else. And God has given you a heart for some things. But are we allowing circumstances and situations to dictate how we respond or move forward? How many times have we made critical decisions without seeking God and, and receiving godly counsel? Seek God's plan first, not last. Oh, God, how many times have you been in this situation? Oh, God, get me out of this jam. I guess I should have prayed before I got here. Yeah, so let's seek God first. Prayer is important. We bring our request to God and then take time to listen. And I know that we probably are all guilty of this, of bringing our petitions to God and then just moving on and not taking time to listen. Do you trust God to provide? I think that's really a key question here. Do you trust God? Do you trust God to provide for you? Let's go to Luke chapter 12, verses 22 through 34. And Jesus warns us we're not to worry. Worry is really a lack of trust, especially as a Christian. If we say we trust God, 
then why are we worried about all these things? You can go back and read this entire passage later, but I want to start in, actually, in, in verse 29, Luke 12, 29, and you can go back and read some of those scriptures uh, later. And don't be concerned about what to eat and what to drink. Don't worry about such things. Think of all the people that place so much pressure on themselves and stress on themselves because they are keeping up with the Joneses. And they feel like they have to have all this, these material things. And, and uh, you know, listen, having nice things is not bad. It's not wicked or evil. I mean, the Bible is clear. It says the love of money is the root of all evil. Not money, the love of money. And so anything that we elevate above God is an idol. We can have nice things, but if they become our focus, then that's when we get into trouble. And what happens when people live beyond their means? Stress. Family problems, divorce a lot of times. One of the, the major factors in, in divorce is, is uh, money problems. I've told individuals that their relationship with God and their family is more important than where they live or what they drive. I've talked to people that are under the pressure of feeling like they've got to, you know, meet a certain standard. And I'm like, you know what? Your kids are, are probably really glad to live in a nice house, but they would rather you be here than you be working all the time. Anything elevated above God is an idol. Do you value stuff more than God? Sometimes people place other people above God. Oh, God, if you give me this man or woman, I will serve you. I've heard people pray those prayers, and I've seen how it didn't work. We need to seek God first, because if, we, if we're seeking a person over God, things are out of balance. And, and so you can place a spouse, a child, grandchild, anything above God. And I'm not saying not to love your children, but don't make your child or your grandchild a God. I know people that have struggled with those things, even doing things that they know is harmful, but they're like, well, I, you know, I just have to do this. And then you see the consequences. And so we want to make sure that what my point here this morning is that we seek God first in all things, in all things, seeking Him, His plan, His will, His desire. Whenever we have other things elevated above God, the consequences can be disastrous. Luke 12, 29. And don't be concerned about what to eat and what to drink. Don't worry about such things. It says in the New American Standard Bible, For these things the nations of the world eagerly seek, but your Father knows that you have need of these things. God knows what our needs are. And He's a gracious, loving Father that wants to provide for us. Your heavenly Father knows what you need, and He will provide just as a good earthly father would. Some of you may not have good earthly fatherly examples, but God is a good Father. He's a loving Father, and He wants to give you all that you need. He knows we need food and clothing and shelter. Luke twelve thirty one. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, say all else, and He will give you most of what you need. No, everything you need. Do you believe that today? Do you trust in your Heavenly Father? Do you trust him enough, in Him enough to seek Him regarding those things that you need? It really is a matter of trust. It can be a matter of seeing God as a good Father. Daddy, Abba. Abba Father, that means Daddy. We need to, to look to Him and we need to trust Him and we need to develop that relationship with Him where we can come to that place of trusting God for everything in our lives. So my first point this morning is seek God. 
My second point this morning is prefer his direction to your own. If we trust him, we will allow him to guide us and lead us. Uh, I've shared this example with you before, but I remember I was working in a temporary assignment, and I saw this ad, and I applied for this job, and it looked like the perfect job for me. And I got that resume, and I anointed that resume with oil, and I sent that thing in, and I claimed that job, and I got that job, and it was terrible. It was terrible. You know what? I didn't pray about it. I didn't really pray about it. That's the job I saw. That's what I wanted. And by golly, I got it. And so it's better to seek God first rather than last and then be praying, God, help me get out of this jam. Help extricate me from this place that I placed myself in because I didn't seek you. Character building often comes when we are in the pressure cooker of life. James 1, count it all joy when you have trials and tribulations for the testing of your faith. Build your patience or perseverance. And when your patience or perseverance is complete, then you are complete, lacking nothing. God is more interested in developing our character than allowing us to remain in our comfort zone. And if you've been walking with the Lord very long, you're probably realizing that, that God wants to develop us, develop our character. When we say that we give our life to Christ, we should be serious about that. We should be saying, hey, I'm giving you my life. I'm allowing you to take charge. You are my Lord and Savior, and I'm yielding my life to you. And the more we hang on to those little strings and threads, the tougher it is just to let go. But I tell you what, it really comes down to a matter of trust. I can speak from both sides of this experience where, like the last example that I gave, I didn't really pray. I just wanted that job, and so I got it, and then I wanted out of that job. And God God, uh, helped me get out of that job and ended up in a, a much better job. But I've also been in situations where I've wanted out, and God has said, no, stay. And I didn't understand why, but I knew that there was a purpose. When I've done those things, God has honored that, and there's been a purpose and a reason for it. And then God has said, okay, now is the time to leave. Now, go now. It wasn't that he wasn't hearing my prayer. It wasn't that I was supposed to stay there necessarily, but it's all a matter of timing. I remember praying one, one time I was sitting at my desk, I was crying. Now, let me have a ta moment, ta- transparent, authentic, and honest. I was literally sitting at my desk crying because I was so miserable. I said, God, I, I hate it here. I want to get out of this job. But you know what, Lord? If you want to keep me here indefinitely, I'll, I'll stay here. I will stay here. I hate it here, but you're doing something in me. And it was later that afternoon, I got a phone. When we cut that final cord, what I've seen in my own life, when we cut that final cord and say, you know what, God, I'm giving it all to you. I will stay here. And these were my words. I will stay in this hellhole if you want me to. That's how I felt. And, you know, looking back, it really wasn't that bad. (laughs) It really wasn't that bad of a job. It's just, you know, my perspective and, and some things had gone on where they weren't treating me well. They were treating me badly for no reason at all. And, you know, there, there were just things going on. But here's the thing. When I gave that to God, and I've seen that happen numerous times. When I've given it to God, he's like, okay, now you get it. Okay, now we can move forward. And so it really becomes a matter of trust. Are you willing to follow his plan 
even if it's different from your own. God has good things in store for us, but we can get to a place where we're not walking in the fullness of what he desires for us. When we wait on him to move us from that job, that situation, or whatever, we can avoid a lot of trouble. Believe me, I can testify to that. This morning, my first point is seek God. My second point is prefer his direction to your own. And my third point is allow him to lead. Allow him to lead. And I guess condensed, that would be just obey. Are we willing to obey? This morning, I haven't put all of these scriptures up. Um, I want you to read along in 2 Kings chapter 5, verses 1 through 14. And if you have your Bible and you're looking for it, it's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, 1 Kings, and then 2 Kings. And then if you get to Chronicles, you've gone too far. But I want to read from 2 Kings chapter 5, verses 1 through 14. And this scripture continues with Elisha's servant chasing Naaman, Naaman, I guess is how it's pronounced, but most people call it Naaman, down for money. And we see the consequences of his greed. But before we get there, let's read in chapter 5 here, verse 1. The king of Aram had great admiration for Naaman, the commander of his army, because through him the Lord had given Aram great victories. But though Naaman was his mighty warrior, he suffered from leprosy. And leprosy was a terrible disease. And many times they had to be isolated or quarantined because of their disease. At this time, Armenian raiders had invaded the land of Israel. And among their captives was a young girl who had been given to Naaman's wife as a maid. One day, the girl said to her mistress, I wish my master would go see the prophet in Samaria. He would heal him of his leprosy. There's a lot of lessons here. You know, here we see a young girl that's been taken captive, but yet she is still pointing people to the Lord. In verse 4, So Naaman told the king what the young girl from Israel had said. Go and visit the prophet, the king of Aram told him. I will send a letter of introduction for you to take to the king of Israel. So Naaman started out carrying as gifts 750 pounds of silver, 150 pounds of gold, and 10 sets of clothing. The letter to the king of Israel said, With this letter I present my servant Naaman. I want you to heal him of leprosy. When the king of Israel read this letter, he tore his clothes in dismay and said, This man sends me a leper to heal. Am I God that I can give life and take it away? I can see that he's just trying to pick a fight with me. And so there was this conflict going on in the region, and, and the, uh, the king of Israel was a little nervous about this. He's like, how can I do this? I can't heal anyone. But let's look at verse 8. But when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes in dismay, he sent this message to him. Why are you so upset? Send Naaman to me, and he will learn that there is a true prophet here in Israel. He's like, bring it on. There's nothing too difficult for the Lord. You know, this will be proof that we serve a mighty God who can heal. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots and waited at the door of Elisha's house. But Elisha sent a messenger out to him with this message. He said, go and wash yourself seven times in the Jordan River. He says, okay, you want to be healed? This is what you do. Go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan River. Then your skin will be restored, and you will be healed of your leprosy. 
But Naaman became angry and stalked away. I thought he would certainly come out to meet me, he said. I expected him to wave his hand over the leprosy and call on the name of the Lord his God and heal me. Aren't the rivers of Damascus and Abania and the Farfar better than the rivers of Israel? And so you look at the Jordan, it was just like a little dirty stream. And he's like, I'm not going to go wash in that thing. You know, why would I do that? Why wouldn't I go to a real river that has clean water? Why shouldn't I wash in them and be healed? So Naaman turned and went away in a rage, but his officers tried to reason with him and said, Sir, if the prophet had told you to do something very difficult, wouldn't you have done it? So you should certainly obey him when he says, Simply go and wash and be cured. So Naaman went down to the Jordan River and dipped himself seven times, as the man of God had instructed him, and his skin became as healthy as the skin of a young child's, and he was healed. What happened here? Naaman had a choice, right? He went to the man of God, and the man of God said, go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan River. And Naaman got ticked off. He's like, this guy didn't even come out. I mean, what, he's not honoring me? Does he know who I am? So there's pride, there's arrogance there. And then also, he had a perception of what he thought how God should do this thing, and God didn't do it like that. And that ticked him off. And then you go on and read, if you read on, you see that, uh, well, let me just read on. Uh, then Naaman and his entire party went back to find the man of God. They stood before him, and Naaman said, Now I know that there is no God in all the world except in Israel. So please accept a gift from your servant. But Elisha replied, As surely as the Lord lives, whom I serve, I will not accept any gifts. And though Naaman urged him to take the gift, Elisha refused. And then you, you read on, you'll see that Elisha's servant followed him and said, hey, well, you know, uh, there's a couple of prophets and we could use some silver and some clothes. And Elisha knew this. And he said, because of your greed, you're going to have leprosy, you and your family. So there's a lot of lessons in this scripture. But the point I want to make this morning is that when God tells us to do something, it's imperative that we obey. So we need to seek God. How are we going to know what the Lord is leading us to do? You want to know the plan for your life? You want to know God's plan for your life? You want to know God's best for you? Seek Him. Say, God, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to handle this? What job do you have for me? Who do you want me to marry? Is this the right person or not? How do I handle these situations? Because we can get ourselves in a bigger jam when we try to figure it out on our own. Jesus said, I go that the Holy Spirit may come and lead you and guide you into all truth. Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will remind you of the things that I've taught you. Jesus is saying, he said, the Holy Spirit will remind you of the things that I've taught you and tell you about the future. We talked about that a, a few weeks ago. When we are in a place where we need some direction, the first thing we should be doing is seeking the Lord. And how many times have we, maybe not here at Life Fellowship, how many times have others tried to figure it out on their own and then they go to God last? Seek God first. Prefer His direction to your own. Listen, if we say that we're Christians, if we're followers, committed followers of Christ, then we should be preferring His direction over our own. How many else has gotten into a jam because they haven't followed God's direction and they run into a brick wall Amen. and say, you know, I know I, I shouldn't have done this. I, I know I shouldn't have gone that way. Sometimes we need to learn faster than what we do. So prefer his direction to our own and then allow him to lead. Allow God to lead you in your life. 
Simply put, obey. We can seek God, we can prefer His direction and plan for us, and still blow it if we don't obey. Would Naaman have blown it if he would have just walked away? Yes, he probably would have. We have the choice to obey the Lord. It's one thing to seek Him. It's another thing to prefer His direction. It's another thing to obey when it comes to that decision-making time. So if Naaman would have continued on without obeying, leprosy would have probably plagued him the rest of his life. The fact that he was healed was a testimony to God, and it impacted not only Naaman, but a lot of people in his life. He would have missed a tremendous blessing, and those results would have impacted many others. Every person here is unique. We all have different callings, different giftings. And these three steps are critical for finding the specific calling and receiving direction from the Lord for our lives to fulfill His purpose and plan for our life. God isn't looking for fans. He's looking for committed followers of Christ. The results when we follow God and His plan have a huge impact on us personally, of course, on our family, on the world around us. Luke 12, 31. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, above all else, and he will give you everything that you need. So I want to challenge you today. If you, if you have some decisions before you, if you have some things going on, or maybe, maybe you don't right now, but in the future, when those things arise, I want you to, to remember this lesson. Seek God. Prefer his will, his ways over your own. And then allow him to lead you and guide you. As we continue on in this 40 days of prayer, listen, guys, I want us to be serious. We need to be people of prayer. We need to be people of prayer because we need God's Holy Spirit to remind us of the things that Jesus taught. And also tell us about the future. The things that we're going to encounter are to help us navigate through life. That's why the Holy Spirit's here to help us. I'd like for you to bow your heads and close your eyes this morning. If you're here this morning and maybe you don't have a relationship with the Lord or maybe you did at one point in time, but you've, you've walked away and, and you sense that God is tugging on your heart this morning, calling you back, would you simply slip up your hand? I want to pray with you. There's no shame in that. The shame would be to walk out of this building today and not receive everything that the Lord has for you. Begin a fresh start with Him. God loves you. God has great plans for you, and it begins with connecting with Him and allowing Him to guide and lead and orchestrate your life. This morning, we're going to take some time to reflect. We're going to play Jesus at the center of my life. And I want you just to take a few minutes and just allow God to speak to you this morning about those things in your life maybe that you need to give over to him are there things that you're hanging on still trying to control some stuff because you don't trust him would you begin to trust God and, and just let go just take some time and seek him this morning like if you would like prayer about something I'll be here to pray with you during the song as well Jesus at the center of
next part of this series is talking about passion. But I want to start a little bit early this morning. Let's pray that we have the passion and the fire for God that, and the love for Him that He has for us. There are a lot of people that have religion. There are a lot of people that know scripture. But we need to be praying that, that we have the love of God so filling us, so overflowing. I've shared with you guys that I pray on a, on a regular basis that God will help me to love others the way that he loves them and he loves me. And God has done something in my heart and is doing something in my heart in regards to that, regarding passion for him and others. And so I want to encourage us all to continue to pray through these 40 days and uh, maybe take some time of, to fast. But pray for these, be praying for these things. Be praying for yourself, your spouse, your family. Be praying for these communities. There are people that need the Lord. And God may be using you to make a huge impact in our community. Listen, we're making an impact. People are watching. So continue to pray. And I want to encourage you to continue to come on, on Wednesday night to Bible study. And we have these, these cards up here. If you want some reminders, there's some that's kind of like a bookmark. There's some other ones that you can take to work to be reminded. And you can certainly add other things to these prayer lists. Also, we have some of these bracelets and say live it take some of these hand them out yeah um, you know and it's just a reminder to live it to live what we say we believe to allow God to infuse our life and work in our life and in closing uh, I have an announcement to make uh, the Hagues are have accepted a, a position. Dave ex, uh, has accepted a job in Colorado. And so they're going to be leaving in a couple of weeks. And the 16th of November will be their last Sunday. And what we'd like to do is um, have lunch together at, at Red River Barbecue. So I, I wanted to go ahead and let you guys know about that. And just be in prayer for them as they transition. We're sure going to miss them. But also pray for us that we'll find somebody to backfill uh, praise and worship leader position. And so there's a lot of transition going on. So we need to be people of prayer. God, God's word says that my house is to be called a house of prayer. Jesus said my house is to be called a house of prayer. So we need to be praying. So there's plenty of things to pray for, pray about. And uh, so with that, I want to just dismiss you. I want you to, to be mindful of, of your situation and, and opportunities to pray for people and love people and lead them to the Lord. So go out and make a difference in your world this week. Go out and live it. Thank you for joining us. You're dismissed.